Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, today we conclude a three-part series on John 6, the Bread of Life Discourses, where we see some wonderful promises that, that Jesus gives to us uh, as the Bread of Life. A couple weeks ago, we looked at Jesus as the Bread of Life who satisfies who provides for all of our needs, body and soul now and for all of eternity. Last week, we looked at Jesus as the bread of life who raises us to new and eternal life as we celebrated the fact that as we know the truth that Christ has risen, that we too uh, have that promise of rising again to new and eternal life through Christ. And today we see that Jesus is the bread of life who abides in us. And of those three promises that we've looked at, the promise that we look at today is really the most personal. It's the most intimate. The promise to satisfy speaks to what Jesus provides for us. The promise to raise speaks to what Jesus does to us. But the promise of Jesus to abide speaks to what Jesus does in us. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. You can't get any more personal or intimate than that. Jesus, the Son of God from all eternity, the agent of creation, the Savior of all people, promises to abide in us as his people. You know, the, really the great thing, the remarkable thing about this promise is that it's not unique to John chapter 6. Really, throughout God's word, we hear of this promise that Christ abides with us. He abides in us. Paul says it in Galatians 2.20 when he says, It's no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me. Jesus speaks very similarly in John 15, where he uses the, the imagery of the vine and the branches need to be connected. And also uh, later in John 17, when he prays that he would be one with us as he is one with the Father. So the image here is not only Jesus as the one who saves us, but who takes up residence in us and becomes one with us. And that truth, that wonderful truth, has several far-reaching implications. And today we're going to look at three of those, three of these blessings of Jesus abiding in us. So the first one is this. You are not alone. That's Amazing, great news right there, right? You are not alone. That's so encouraging for us as we continue to endure the other pandemic. What I'm talking about there is the loneliness pandemic. That's what a recent article in Harvard Magazine called it. The article notes that in 2017, the, the United States Surgeon General called loneliness a public health epidemic. A year later, the United, United Kingdom appointed a minister for loneliness. 
And all that was before terms like social distancing, self-isolation, and shelter in place became a part of our everyday vocabulary. The loneliness not only affects those who have suffered the last year and a half behind masks and safe distances, it also affects children whose parents are too busy working, wives whose husbands are practically married to whatever sport happens to be in season, and social media butterflies who have countless friends online but no one to listen to them at the end of the day. Many people struggle with sufficient social support, which is what stands behind the loneliness pandemic. Now, the need for social connection is not undone by this promise of Jesus to abide in us. But one of the implications of Jesus' promise to abide in us is that we are never truly alone. Jesus abides, remains, resides, and dwells in those who trust in him. He abides in you. Which again is a wonderful truth for us to know that there's nothing in life that we have to go through alone. Even if maybe sometimes it feels like it, we can trust God's word. We can trust his promises that he abides in us through it all. He is always with us. Which brings us to the second promise that we uh, find today, which is this. You are fully known. In his brilliant exploration of marriage, uh, a book called To Understand Each Other, Paul Tournier describes a successful marriage as one in which husbands and wives are constantly seeking to understand one another. And the reason for that is pretty simple. We long to be known by somebody. We long for someone to understand us. An effect of Jesus abiding in us is that he knows us completely. He knows everything about us. Matthew 10, verse 30 tells us that he knows even the, the number of hairs on our head. And the last verse in Psalm 1 comes to mind where the psalmist says, the Lord knows the way of the righteous. Hebrew students understand that this type of knowing, the Hebrew word yauda, involves much more than mere information. The Star Wars fans may be interested in knowing that this Hebrew word yauda is where the name Yoda supposedly comes from, one who knows. But more than anybody in this world, Jesus knows us. He knows everything about us, all the flaws and shortcomings, everything. And yet he still loves us. Now there's a saying that says, Jesus knows me, this I love. And we do love it. We love it because it means we're understood. When no one else can relate or no one else cares to try, the promise in John 6, verse 56, means Jesus truly knows us. And more than that, he truly loves us. The third promise that we'll look at today is this. You are not your own. Now, for self-reliant people like ourselves, that may not sound like good news. 
But it's only a bad thing if the one who owns you is self-centered and self-serving. If, on the other hand, the one who owns you is capable of and willing to do what is best for you, then really there's nothing more freeing. But this freedom is not to be used selfishly, however. As Martin Luther puts it in The Freedom of the Christian Man, our perfect freedom is at the same time complete servitude. Paul speaks of this uh, in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 when he says, You are not your own. You were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. How do we do that? How might you glorify God with your body? Well, you might begin by looking around at your neighbor. And that could begin right in your own home, in your church family, in your community, wherever God places you. It might include working a few less hours and spend more time with your kids. It might mean setting aside dedicated time to spend with your spouse. It might mean reaching out to a friend online and inviting them out for a cup of coffee. It might mean looking for those in need and looking to meet a need, serving those who need our help. But God equips us to be able to to share his love and his grace with those around us. What a blessing it is for us to be able to do that. And so in looking at at these three uh, wonderful promises that are included in Jesus abiding with us, the idea here, and really the idea, you know, throughout these last three weeks, is that Jesus' promises change us. They bring us into the world as it really is, and they enliven us for right living within it. He promises divine and eternal gifts. And as a result, he turns us away from ourselves and he turns us out to others, to people who need us. Again, we are blessed to be a blessing to others. But as we go about our lives, we know that that we constantly still fail, right? We continue to sin. We continue to fall short of how God wants us to live. And that's why we constantly need to turn to Christ. We turn to Christ for in Christ is where we find the gifts that we need of forgiveness, life, and salvation. Again, we we look to the promises that that he made to us in our baptism, connecting us to Christ, connecting us to his death and his resurrection. We look to his holy supper of his body and blood given and shed for us for the forgiveness of our sin. And we realize that as we partake of this holy meal, that we are given that forgiveness. And we're given those promises to equip us uh, to live in Christ. At the end of our text today, Simon Peter answered Jesus, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. You are the Holy One of God. And so, brothers and sisters in Christ, to whom shall we go? We shall abide with the one who alone has the truth of eternal life, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.